Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is Minister McMillan. I hope that all is having a blessed day today. Today we are going to go back into the book of Kings. Uh, we're going to be speaking of Solomon's wives. But first, let's give the Lord some praise and prayer. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise your holy name. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you, Almighty God. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you. We praise you, Almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. We praise you, we praise you, Almighty God. We praise you, we praise you, Almighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we praise you, we praise you, Almighty God. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Father, we give you the praise. Father, we give you the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Give me some praise, everyone. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. Oh Lord, we praise you. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. We thank you, Almighty God, today, Lord, for being with us as we lift you up and praise you, Almighty God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this word today that we're going forth in. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to meet us in this word. <clears throat> to be with us as we are in you. We ask, Lord, that you give us the understanding of your word and help us, Lord Jesus, to use this word today and every day. We ask, Lord, that also we be a beacon of light to others, that we may help them in times of need and trouble. Father, we thank you, O oh Lord, for all things that you do. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. Okay, so we're going to get started today. We're going to be reading uh, Solomon's Wives. Now, let's recap first before we go into Solomon's Wives. Remember now, the Lord uh, came to Solomon twice. And the last time he came to Solomon, he basically told him, continue on the path you're on, like your father. Follow my commandments and my statutes, my rules and regulations, basically. <clears throat> and you'll have no problems. There'll always be one of your family members sitting on the throne. One of your children, grandchildren, great-grands, etc. <clears throat> and <clears throat> your kingdom will continue to flourish. However, if you do not continue to follow and you stray off and you follow other gods, and uh, then you will lose the kingdom. Then I will leave. I will destroy the temple, okay? So he got warning as well as uh, accommodation. Now, we're going to pick up in uh, chapter 11, verse 1, at Solomon's wives. Now, you know, this is just, just plain good common sense. It's one thing when you are dealing with God one-on-one -on -one by yourself. But when you're dealing with a whole household, now we know this every day, from our own families <clears throat> to outsiders, okay, that are around us, friends, etc., that it's not that easy. You try your best. Now remember, 
Solomon has several wives, several children, <laughs> lots of children. He has a lot of people around him, right? Okay, so let's see what happens. Let's get started. Solomon 11, uh, I'm sorry, 1 King 11, chapter 1. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Okay? Now, what do they mean by that? Well, let's see. He liked, he loved the Moabites, the Amorites, the Edomites, the uh, Sadians and the Hittites. Now, some of these are not even their people, okay? You're getting into a danger zone here because these people don't believe in our God. They believe in their gods, remember? Okay. They were from the nation about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. There you go. <clears throat> Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love, and he had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. You see? As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God, as the heart of David, his father, had been. He followed Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, see, and Molech, the detestable god of the Amorites. Now, the Moloks were known for killing their children, uh, burning them on the altar, uh, uh, carrying out sacrifices. Uh, disgusting. Um, he did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifice to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude and you have not kept my covenant, and my decrees, which I command you, I'm, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it during your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hand of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him but will give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I had chosen. Now, you see, this is like they went full circle because remember now when David um, 
when David was going uh, to be king, and Solomon was still king, but the Lord had already anointed David. Remember, what tribe went with David? The Judah tribe. Okay? They were the ones that rallied around David. Now, here we go again. Because of his son's disobedience, they're going back to one tribe. And he's given him the one tribe for the sake of his father, David. Now let's see what tribe that's going to be. Okay. Um, then the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary. Hadad the Edomite for the royal line of Edom. Earlier... When David was fighting with Edom, Joab, the commander of the army who had gone up to bury the dead, had struck down all the men in Edom. Joab and all the Israelites stayed there for six months until they had destroyed all the men in Edom. But Hadid, still only a boy, fled to Egypt and some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out for the Midian and went to Paran. Then taking men from Paran with them, they went to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave Hadad a house and land and provided him with food. Pharaoh was so pleased with Hadad that he gave him a sister of his own wife. Uh, of his own wife, Queen Tophens, uh, in marriage. The sister of Tophens bore him a son named Ginnaboth. When Tophens brought up to the royal palace, the Ginnaboth lived with Pharaoh's own children. While he was in Egypt, Hadath heard that David rested with his father and that Joab, the commander of the army, was also dead. Then Hadath said to Pharaoh, Let me go that I may return to my own country. What have you lacked here that you want to go back to your own country? Pharaoh asked. Nothing, Hadath replied, but do let me go. The... And God raised up against Solomon another adverse, uh, another adversary, uh, Rezon, son of El Eladad, who had fled from his master Hadizar, king of Soba. He gathered men around him and became the leader of a band of rebels when David destroyed uh, the forces of Zuba. The rebels went to Damascus, where they settled and took control. Rezon was Israel's adversary as long as Solomon lived, added to the trouble caused by Hadad. So Rezon ruled in Armin, and was hostile towards Israel. Okay? 
Also, uh, also Jeroboam, son of Nebat, rebelled against the king. He was one of Solomon's officials, an Ephanite from Zirda, and his mother was a widow named Zerua. Here is the account of how he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built the supporting terraces and had filled in the gaps in the walls of the city of David, his father. Now, Jeroboam was a man of standing, and when Solomon saw how well the young man did his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force of the house of Joseph. About that time, Jeroboam was uh, going out of Jerusalem, and Ahijah, the prophet of Shiloh, met him on the way wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone out in the country, and Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. See, I am going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give you ten tribes, but for the sake of my servant David, and the city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. He will have one tribe. I will do this because they have forsaken me and worship Astroth, the goddess of Sidions, Chamash, the god of Mobites, and Melech, the god of Amorites and have not walked in my ways, nor done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my statutes and laws as David, Solomon's father, did. But I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hands. I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David my servant, whom I choose and who observe my commandments and statutes. I will take the kingdom from his son's hands and give you ten tribes. Now I'm going to stop here. During this whole time, Solomon could have turned around and the Lord would have given him back the kingdom had he wholeheartedly uh, apologized. But this is how deeply embedded Solomon had become. And I stopped here because it's sad. You love your family. You love your children. You love your husbands. You love your friends and neighbors. However, nothing, nothing, I say this, it's painstaking. When I say it, people look at me like, are you crazy? No. Nothing comes before God. Nothing. God first. God first. God first. All other things come to you 
after God. Without God, you have nothing. God created you. God created your children. God created this world. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, this was the case with Solomon. Solomon was giving a gold platter with everything on it. And he literally threw it away going after a tin platter. Okay? That's the best analogy I can put it. (laughs) Okay, let's go back. I will give one tribe to his son so that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I chose to put my name. However, as for you, I will take you and you will rule over all over all that your heart desires. You will be king over Israel. If you do whatever I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and commands, as David, my servant, did, I will be with you and I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. I will humble David's descendants because of this but not forever. He's warning him, not forever. Solomon tries to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam fled to Egypt, to Shishka, the king, and stayed there until Solomon's death. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, all he did and the wisdom he displayed, are they not written in the book of the annuals of Solomon? Take heed, everybody. I tell you this all the time. When you see a book mentioned in the Bible, write that book down and see if you can find that book somewhere else. Uh, Some of these, no, they haven't been found yet. Some of these might have been some of those that were destroyed during the time of the the, uh, Crusades. Um, But still, write them down and see if um, there's a copy of them or if you can find out any information about it. Okay? So these are the annuals. Of Solomon. Okay. Then he rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father. And Rehoboam, Rehoboam, his son, succeeded him as king. Rehoboam succeeded him as king. Now, uh, Let's see what happens now, because now Solomon is gone, and his son is taking his place. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all the Israelites had gone there to make him king. While Rehoboam, son of Nebet, heard this, 
he was still in Egypt where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt, so they sent to him. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. Now, remember, they had a heavy burden on them because they built the temple, right? That's a heavy burden. They built the temple, and then they turned around and built the palace. They built the palace where um, Solomon lived. And that was a very heavy burden. So for them to ask this of his son, that was not, um, it wasn't something that they should ask. They should. I mean, come on. We're human. We need to rest. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. And they replied, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders and gave him the um gave him the consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him he asked them what is your advice and how should we answer these people who say to me lighten the yoke your father put on us the young men who had grown up with him replied tell these people who have said to you your father put a heavy yoke on us but make our yoke lighter. Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's wrist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke, and I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Now, Is this the right answer to give people who have worked very hard over the years to build God's temple and God's house? No, no. You might as well just stick a dagger in each one of those people and say your work was irrelevant. I could have done it myself. Okay, that's pretty much what they were saying. Plus, they were stretching their bronze, as we say. They were trying to show that they were in charge. They were the men in charge. They were young, immature, and irresponsible. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Jeroboam. I'm sorry. Three days later, 
Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, as the king had said, Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, and I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for this turn of events was from the Lord, to fulfill the word the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through Ahijah the Shilonite. When all the Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do we have in David? What part in Jesse's son? To your tents, O Israel, look after your own house, O David. So the Israelites went home. But as for the Israelites who were living in the town of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. Okay? Let's say that again. But as for the Israelites who were living in the town of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. So he still ruled over the Judah tribe. Okay. Uh, King uh, Rehoboam sent out a Jonoram who was in charge of the forced labor. But all the Israelites stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. When all the Israelites heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to assemble and make him king over all Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. Okay? Why? Judah was the tribe that went out with his father. And so Judah was the tribe to stay put. <clears throat> now notice people. Judah is the tribe where Christ Jesus came out of. Why? Because did not the Lord say there would always be one? There would always be one from his tribe that would sit on the throne. Mm. Yes, see, it was told, but nobody really paid attention. Even today, we read this, but we're not really catching it. It was already foretold. All right, let's move on. Uh, when Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mustered the whole house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 fighting men to make war against the house of Israel. And to, re and to regain the kingdom for Rehoboam, son of Solomon. 
Wow. So now we're going to end up fighting each other. But this word of God came to Shinema, the man of God. Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, to the whole house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says. Do not go up to fight against your brothers, the Israelites. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. So they obeyed the word of the Lord and went home again as the Lord had ordered. Then Jeroboam fortified Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. For there he went out and built his pinnel. Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will not likely revert to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifice at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, they will again give their allegiance to their Lord. Rehoboam, king of Judah, they will kill me and return to the king <clears throat> Rehoboam. After seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. Now, see, that's where he's going wrong. He said to the people, it is too much for you to go to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought, who brought you up out of Egypt. Wow. He hasn't even had the kingdom in his hand. He's got ten tribes, and he's making calves instead of him following the Lord. If that were the case, why not just build an altar to God? You see? Not thinking. What is with the calf business? You know the calf is not of God. <laughs> so why, 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 why make calves? Makes no sense. Okay, let's read on. Uh, one, one he set up in Bethel and the other, and the other in Dan. And this thing became a sin. The people went even as far as Dan to worship the one there. Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people. Again, you can't do that. The only priests that were supposed to have been selected were from the Levite tribe. That was said early on. You can't take a, a priest from another tribe. Only the Lord can do that. Okay. Um, even though they were not Levites, he instituted a festival on the 15th day of the eighth month. This, uh, like the festival held in Judah, and offered sacrifice on the altar. Then he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves he had made. It's hard, disheartening to read this. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and at Bethel, he also installed priests at the high places he had made. 
On the 15th day of, of uh, the eighth month, a month of his own choosing, he offered sacrifices on the altar, and he had uh, built at Bethel. So he instituted the festival for the Israelites and went up to the altar to make offerings. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Chapter 13. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. And he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Joshua, Josiah, sorry, Josiah, will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priest of the high places, who now makes offering here, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart, and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him. But the hand he stretched out towards the man sh sh <laughs> shriveled up so that he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Then the king said to the man of God, Intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord and the king's hand was restored and became as it was before. The king said to the man of God, Come home with me and have something to eat, and I will give you a gift. But the man of God answered the king, Even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you, nor would I eat bread or drink water here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, You must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he took another road and did not return by the way he had come to Bethel. Now there was a certain old prophet living in Bethel whose sons came and told him all that the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. Their father asked them, which way did he go? And his son showed him which robe the man of God from Judah had taken. So he said, So he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. And when they have saddled the donkey for him, he mounted it and rode after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, 
Are you the man of God who came from Judah? I am, he replied. So the prophet said to him, come home with me and eat. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of God, you must not eat bread or drink water there. Return by the way you came. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet as you are. An angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat bread and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. Again, people, test the spirit. I All the time, I have people, people I really like, I care for a great deal. And they'll tell me things and I... Look at them, and while they're telling me, guess what I'm doing? I'm referring to the Lord. I'm talking to the Lord. Is this right? Is this what you said? Never. If you're not sure, you're not hearing it, they're pressing you, say, look, I can't do that right now. I have to return. I have, I have to do something else. I'm sorry. I'm not hearing this. I too have to follow the Lord. Okay, let's see what happens. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who had who had come from Judah. This is what the Lord said. You have defiled the word of the Lord and have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water in the place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your fathers. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the prophet who had brought him back saddled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown down on the road with both the donkey and the lion standing beside it. Some people who passed by saw the body thrown down there. The lion standing beside the body. And they went and reported to the city where the old prophet lived. When the prophet who had brought him back from his journey heard it. He said, It is the man of God who defiled the word of the Lord. The Lord has given him over to the lion, which has mauled him and killed him, as the word of God had warned him. The prophet said to his son, Sell the donkey for me. And they did so. Then he went out and found the body thrown down on the road, with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. The lion had neither eaten the body nor mold the donkey. So the prophet picked up the body of the man of God and laid it on the donkey and brought it back to his own city to mourn for him and bury him. Then he laid the body in his own tomb and they moaned over him and said, Oh, my brother. 
After burying him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message is the, for the message he declared by the word of the Lord against the altar of Bethel and against all the shrines on the high places in the towns of Samir will certainly come true. Even after this, Jeroboam did not change his evil ways, but once more appointed priests from high places from all sorts of people. Anyone who wanted to become a priest, he, he consecrated for the high places. This was the sin of the house of Jeroboam that led to its downfall and to its destruction from the face of the earth. Now, mind you, Jeroboam had 10 tribes. So he took a massive amount of people from a sanctified state to a sin state. <laughs> now, that's not telling you what's happening back in Israel because we already know that Rehoboam too had sinned because of what he said, showing his bronze and might. He has the tribe of Judah, okay, <laughs> and some of Benjamin. So, they're not looking in, they're not looking too good right now, are they? <clears throat> Bad turn of events, led by people who were not following the word of God. Okay, chapter 14. At that time, Abinadjah, son of Jeroboam, became ill, and Jeroboam said to his wife, Go disguise yourself so you won't be recognized as the wife of Jeroboam. Then go to Shiloh. Ajanah the prophet is there, the one who told me I would be king over his people. Take ten loaves of bread with you, some cake and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what will happen to the boy. So Jeroboam's wife did what he said and went to Ahijah house in Shiloh. In Shiloh. Now, Hajah could not see. His sight was gone because of his age. But the Lord had told Hajah, Jeroboam's wife is coming to ask about her son, for he is ill, and you are to give her such and such as an answer. When she arrives, she will pretend to be someone else. So when Hajah heard the sound of her footsteps at the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why this pretense? I have been sent to you with bad news. Go tell Jeroboam that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I raised, I raised you up from amongst the people and made you leader over my people Israel. I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, but... You have not been like a servant, David, who kept my commandments and followed me, 
with all your heart, doing only what was right in your eyes. You have done more evil than all who live before you. You have made for yourself other gods and idols and made of metal, and you have provoked me to anger and and trusted me, excuse me, you have provoked me to anger and thrusted me behind your back. Because of this, I am going to bring disaster on the house of Jeroboam, and I will cut off from Jeroboam every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will burn up the house of Jeroboam as one burns dung until it all gone. Dogs will eat those belonging to Jeroboam who died in this city, and the birds of the air will feed on those who died in the country. The Lord has spoken. As for you, go back home. When you set your foot in your city, the boy will die. All Israel will moan for him and bury him. And he is the only one belonging to Jeroboam who will be buried, because he is the only one in the house of Jeroboam in whom the Lord, the God of Israel, has found anything good. Wow. So the one person who could have turned things around, perhaps once Jeroboam was gone, the Lord took him. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, as for, uh, okay, let's go back. Um Anything good, okay. 14. The Lord will raise up for himself a king over Israel who will cut off the family of Jeroboam. This is the day. What? Yes, even now. And the Lord will strike Israel so that it will be like a reed swaying in water. He will uproot Israel from this good land that he gave to their forefathers and scattered them beyond the river because they provoked the Lord to anger by making Asherah poles. And he will all, and he will give Israel up because of the sins Jeroboam has committed and has caused Israel to commit. Then Jeroboam's wife went up and left and went to Tizra. As soon as she stepped over the threshold of the house, the boy died. They buried him. <clears throat> they buried him and all of Israel moaned for him as the Lord had said through his, uh, through his servant, the prophet Ahijah. The other events of Jeroboam reigned, his wars and how he ruled, as written in the books of the annuals of the king of Israel. There's another book, okay? The annuals of the king of Israel. He reigned for 22 years and then rested with his fathers. And Nadab, his son, succeeded as king. So, so far, everything the Lord said is coming about. But it's a real shame because each one that he puts into position 
has the opportunity to do right. But for some reason or other, and in, I, in this man's case, in uh, Jehobam's case, these people were still following the Lord's way. But once he took hold of them, you see, he destroyed all that. Why? Because he was not, <clears throat> excuse me, some people, <clears throat> excuse me, some people go through the actions, okay? You see people, uh, give you example, you see people in the churches, synagogues, etc., and you think that these people are very holy and sanctified, okay? Uh, they come to church regularly, on time. They, they're in all the events that's going on. Uh, they carry themselves well, it seems like, in front of you, okay? But when you get down to the core of a matter, if something happens and it's not popular, um, it's not something that everybody else would do today, but it is according to the word of God. Those people will quickly turn from the word of God and go with what's popular and what everybody else is doing. And that's how you can tell where a person stands. If something is going on and you got one lonely person standing over there saying, but it's not of God, the Lord says this and that. And everybody says, yeah, yeah, but you know, that, that's, that was just for that time. That's no, 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 no. You better, you better get in that book and look for yourself before you make any decisions. You better know in your Noah what is right. Okay. And this is the case with Rehoboam. Rehoboam was uh, showing himself like he was carrying himself properly. But he really, underneath, the true him came out once he became king. Okay? All right. Um, Chapter 15. In the 18th year of the reign of Jeroboam, son of uh, Nebat, Ahijah became Ahijah, um, Abijah became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother's name was Mecca, daughter of Abishalom. He committed all the sins his father had done before him, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his forefather had been. So now the kingdom in in uh, in Judah, which is run, which was run by Rahab, uh, <clears throat> has been passed on to his son. And his son is even worse than he was. Well, apple don't fall too far from the tree. This is why the saying, 
Raise your child the way you will have them to go is so important. Pay attention to what that child is doing. Does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with what you're doing? This was the case in King David. King David was busy uh, killing people left and right, doing what the Lord commanded him to do. I doubted if he had a lot of time to really sit down with Solomon and teach him. He had to, you know, basically rely on his wife. And somewhere down the line, Solomon missed the lesson about not trusting and putting his faith so much in his wives or people around him. Uh, that the Lord's love was first and everything else came second, okay? So here's where you had the problem with him. Though he knew the laws that his father had taught, he ended up, he ended up um, leaving the Lord and going to the gods of his wives. And so with that, his sons saw all of this and they themselves went further and further and further away. Okay? So now here it is, his grandson is even further away. All right. Um, Nevertheless, For David's sake, the Lord his God gave him a lamp in Jerusalem by raising up a son to succeed him and by making Jerusalem strong. For David had done what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not failed to keep any of the Lord's commands all the days of his life, except in the case of Uri and the Hittite. There was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam throughout Ahaja's lifetime, okay? Um, As for the other servants of Ahaja's reign and all he did, are they not written in the books of the annuals of the kings of Judah? There was war between Ahaja and Rehoboam, and Ahaja rested with his father and was buried in the city of David, and I... Aza, his son, succeeded him as king. Did that the Lord tell them not to fight each other? But here they are, Rehoboam and uh, and Solomon's grandson fighting each other. He told them not to do that. Okay. All right, we're going to pause for a few minutes for commercial, and then we will come back. Okay, everyone, thank you for waiting. We are back. Uh, We are now going to pick up on chapter 15 and 9. In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, uh, Azah became king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 41 years. His grandmother's name was Makkah, daughter of Abishalom, Ab. Yeah, Abish, Abishalom. 
uh, Asha did what was right in the eyesight of the Lord as his father David had done. So now this is the great, this is the great, great, great grandson of David. Uh, hold it, wait a minute. Great, great grandson of Solomon. So been the great, 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 great grandson of David. Okay, uh, he expelled the male shrine prostitutes, oh my goodness, from the land and got rid of all the idols his fathers had made. He even disposed his grandmother, Mecca, from her position as queen mother because she had made a repulsive asafet pole. Asha cut the pole down and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although he did not remove the high places, Asha's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. He brought into the temple of the Lord the silver and gold and the articles that he had, uh, that he and his father had dedicated. There was war between Asha and, and Basha, king of Israel, throughout their reigns. Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering the territory of Asha, king of Judah. Asha then took all the silver and gold that was left in the treasures of the Lord's temple and of his own place. He entrusted it to his officials and sent them to Ben-Hadad, son of Tabarimoth, the son of Hirzon, the king of Armin, who was ruling in Damascus. Let there be a treaty between me and you, he said, as there was between my father and your father. See, I am sending you a gift of silver and gold. Now break your treaty with Basha, king of Israel. So we will withdraw, so he will withdraw from me. Ben-Hadad agreed with King Asha and sent the commanders of his forces against the town of Israel. He conquered Ijor, Dan, Abi, uh, Abel Beth Maka and all Kinnereth, in addition to Napatili. When Bashan heard this, he stopped building Ramoth and withdrew to, <clears throat> uh, withdrew to Tirzah. Then King Asa issued an order to all Judah. No one was exempt, and they carried away from Ramoth the stones and timber Basha had been using there. With them, King Asha built up Gibba and Benjamin and also Mitzvah. <coughs> As for all the other events of Asha's reign, all his achievements and all he did, and the city he built, 
are they not written in the book of the annuals of the kings of Judah? In his old age, however, his feet became diseased. Then Asha rested with his father and was buried with him in the city of his father, David. And Jehoshaphat, his son, succeeded him as king. Nadab, son of Jeroboam, became king of Israel in the second year of Asher's king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, walking in the ways of his father, and in his sin, which he had caused Israel to commit. Basa, son of Jehoiajah, of the house of Issachar, plotted against him, and he struck him down at Gibbethon, a Philistine town, while Nadab and all of Israel were besieging it. Basa set, uh, killed Nadab in the third year of Asher, king of Judah, and succeeded him as king. As soon as he began to reign, he killed Jeroboam's whole family. He did not leave Jeroboam anyone that breathed. Didn't the Lord say that to him because of what he had done? But destroyed them all according to the word of the Lord given through his servant Ahijah and uh, the Shilonite. Because of the sins of Jeroboam had committed and had caused Israel to commit. And because he provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger. As for the other events of Nadab, Nadab's reign and all he did, are they not written in the books of the annuals of the kings of Israel? There was war between Asia and Baasha, king of Israel, throughout their reigns. Okay. Uh, we are going to stop here. As you can see, on each side, on the one side where, the, where Judah was left, with uh, King David's uh, family. Uh, once they were torn away, there was just that one tribe. They, too, are having some issues with following the Lord's command. And only one that has raised up, like David, <clears throat> uh, kept the reign for 40 one of 42 years. And now he has died and his son has taken over. On the other side, you have a complete fallout. And so what the Lord has said to Rehoboam about his family has now come about. And the person that was raised up to take his family's place has made it so. He has wiped out that entire family. Okay? So, when you do not follow the word of the Lord, and you don't follow in his footsteps, 
when you're given a position, when you have been anointed, when you are following the Lord, you cannot turn to the left or the right. You have to go straight forward. It's not easy. It's difficult. I'm not going to see and tell you people, oh, it's just that it's so easy, you know, just follow the word. No. <laughs> yes, follow the word, but it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? So it's not easy. However, it's the right way and the right thing to do. Okay, everyone, this is Minister McMillan. We are going to quickly uh, do our communion. I said that I would do this uh, throughout the week. Um, remember, wherever the Lord went, whether the house or church he went into, he always broke bread with those people he was visiting. So today we are visiting one another before the Lord. So let's break bread. I'll give everyone a few minutes to gather the things they need. Listen, it doesn't have to be elaborate. Uh, if you don't have grape juice, you don't have wine, get you a glass of water. It's fine. Get you a glass of water. Get you a cracker, piece of bread. It's fine. Okay? Okay, everyone, let's get started. Father, we present before you the body of Christ. This bread or cracker that we hold before you is a representation of the body of Christ. We thank you, Almighty God, for the sacrifice that you have made for our salvation, Lord. We lift up this body unto you right now, Father. And we thank you, Almighty God, for partaking of this. As the Lord said, take this and remember me. So shall we do. Take and eat. Now, Lord, we pick up this glass or cup of water or juice or wine. And again, this we as a representation, Lord, of the blood and the water that was shed for us, for our sins, for salvation and redemption, Lord. We thank you, Almighty God. We thank you again, Almighty God. For the sacrifice that was made for us. As we drink this in remembrance of you. Drink. Thank you, Lord, as we have partaken of the body 
and of the blood that was shed for our sins, so that we may be saved and redeemed. Lord, we praise you and we honor you. We give you all the glory and honor. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. Thank you. Amen. Okay, everyone, let's pray out. Dear Lord, we thank you, Almighty God, for the word that came forth today. I pray, Almighty God, that everyone that is listening in takes this word and utilizes this word in their lives today and each and every day. I ask the Lord Jesus that they look through this word and they see the things in their lives accordingly, as was in the case of David and his sons and his children and grandchildren, the things they did and the things we do, and see for ourselves, Lord, where we can learn from these things, learn from each other's mistakes, and change things around, and know wholeheartedly to walk righteously before you. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for opening our eyes and opening our hearts and our minds that we receive this and that it will help us and others as well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. This we pray in Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. That is our reading for today. Uh, tomorrow we will pick up in chapter 16 of 1 Kings. This is Minister MacMillan saying everyone have a blessed evening. And for those of you out there who um, would like to leave a message, you can just by reaching out to me at anchor.fm right slash linda-mcmillan9. Or you can reach out to me at my email, which is mcmillian75 at gmail.com. And for those of you who know me on my Facebook page, just look up Linda McMillan and you can reach me there. Okay, everyone, this is Mr. McMillan saying have a blessed evening and good night.